speaking to parents and to to the saints uh, concerning our children. And then the name of the message today, so that somebody asks you, you can remember the, the, the title. Somebody says, I always ask my kids, Roxanna, I'm Michael, I meet them. I say, what did your preacher preach Sunday? What was the title? And they go, well, um, and I go, did you listen? <laughs> Roxy says, well, I got notes. You know, so, so if somebody asks you today, we talked about who are the children? Who are the children? Do you feel like a child today? <laughs> we sang the Sunday school songs. And uh, I, I whispered to Julie and I said, we need to teach the children the song, uh, the verse 2 and 3 of Jesus Loves Me. Because if they'll sing that whole song, they'll sing their salvation. Thank you, Jesus. So this is primarily we're to honor our children today, uh, but also it's to speak to us as children that we might feel the warmth of the Father and that we might sense what it is that God wants for us to do and be, you know, in the earth. So I'm going to speak to you quickly this morning with the first answer to that question, who are the children, is us. We are the children and we are even the little children. When he wants to express himself uh, in a warmth way, he calls them little children. Well, we have two layers of children. We have the earthly saints, the earthly children, the little children that we had on the platform today. And then we are the little children to God. And when he speaks to us, his correction is always gentle. It's always to the children or he calls us little children, do this, do that. And so today I want us to just sense uh, how God feels about us. He feels about us as his child. And that will take precedence uh, in the message as I give it today. So there are children that are elders. And then there are children that are children. And so we look at this today. There's 1,800 times the word child or children. It's more than that. But... Uh, appears in the Bible. And as I said before, when they mention a leader, a priest, they'll mention his children. And as we know that in some cases, the priest, two boys, didn't do so good. And so, you know, when we go through things and our children are not obeying us and our children are not doing what we want them to do, how many have that problem? You know, uh, even even when they're not young children, they're older children, and you say to them, don't do this, you know, it's not good for you, and they do it anyhow. Uh, because they come at an age of 18, and then they can have their choice. They're considered adulthood, and they start to make their choices. So we start to tr- start to warn them of their choices earlier in life so that they'll get the right choice. But I can tell you, raising children after they pass the teenage level, gets a little more difficult than the children. The thing of it is, is a child is birthed and they have a parent. They don't question, you know, why they have a parent. They just know this is a parent. This is mama. This is daddy. And this is who's going to take care of me. Hopefully they have both parents. We're living in a generation that don't always have both parents. But they know them as a mom or a dad or as a parent. And uh, so they trust them. They look to them for everything. They wait for them to feed them, to clothe them, to do all those things for them. So let's look at God. How does he take care of us? And when we do, do we depend upon him? Do we trust him? 
Do we go to him in, you know, our child will come to us for anything. You know, they, they don't doubt, but what we can't give it to them, usually. And so God wants us to be as a child and come to him and not doubt that he can't meet the need that's in our life. So it's just mostly a message today about us as children. You know, how we trust, how we depend upon God, how we look at God, and how God looks at us. When he says, little children, I ask this of you, he's speaking to us warmly, but he's giving us a command for our life. And we want to look at it and be for sure we know it. So I noticed that children were even important, very important in the Old Testament, that uh, the priest's children were named. And God doesn't just look at us, the adults, but he looks at our offspring and he looks at those that are involved with our life and he cares about them. So this brings us to the knowledge that children are very, very important to God. The little ones are very true. He said, bring them to me when they said, oh, get them out of the way, their trouble. You know, just before that, just before he, the disciples said, take them away. In the passage of scripture, it says Jesus took the child and he set him in the midst of the disciples before this, just before this. He gathered the disciples together and he picked up a little child and he set the child in the midst. And he said to his disciples, this is how you get into the kingdom of God by trusting, you know, trusting God. And um, then now we come right down here and Jesus is is, uh, totally wrapped around with people wanting his attention and and the disciples just heard Jesus tell him that this is a way to the kingdom but you see the the disciples God bless them but they never listened you know they were there they saw they they knew knew God they knew Jesus they knew all that but it took a while before they become adjusted to the knowledge of who he was and what he could do for them. And then after Jesus set the child in the midst, the Bible says he picked him up and, and, he, and, he, and he put him in his arms. So do you ever have you ever been through a crisis when you felt like the Lord has just picked you up in, in his arms and, and carried you through because you had no energy of your own? You, had, you were just grief-stricken or uh, tr- troubled to the nth degree, and you just, just had no energy, but somehow you got through it. Well, that's because your Father God carried you through that circumstance. So it, it, it's, it's important to know how important the children are to God. They're so important that in Scripture, two times they tried to annihilate the child, to kill the child. It was in Moses' day. You know, this is the story. You know it. How that they killed all, they told the midwives to not let any male child live. But the, but the midwives did not follow them and let them live. And, they, they destroyed the children in Moses' day. And then Jesus was born. I know that you know this, but think of the revelation of this as how God looks at a child and how important we are to him as a child and how the enemy wants to annihilate us. He tried to kill them in Moses' day. He tried to kill them in Jesus' day, and he's killing them today. And so I, I want to give you just a little bit of statistics today from um, it's it's from an institution that gives you statistics in 2020 there were Wendy do you remember what I said nine six one oh 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 what is that is that 
961,000. 961,000. Well, it's three zeros. Is that? 961,000. 961,000. Okay. That's in 2020. And... That's how many abortions there were in the United States. That's how many children that have come into heaven. Because, of course, once that they're there, the birth starts, they're a child. And those, those kind of children, that number of children have come into eternal life since 2020. And that's not to mention all the years before and 22 to, and 20 to 23. He didn't have the statistics for today. And uh, it, I found this so sad because of of these, 24% said they were Catholics. This is a, these are religious people, people who believe in God, especially the Catholics. They're totally against it, and it, and so a thir, 30 percent of them, 24% of them were Catholic, and 30% of them said they were Protestants. So when they say, "What church do you go to?" they say, "Well, I'm a Protestant." So they got knowledge of God. They're saying they have knowledge of God. So these these uh, these that are are boarding don't seem to even have the knowledge that it's wrong to kill a child, and I I was just overwhelmed at the reasons. They ask them the reasons, and and the reasons are well because it would interfere with my career, a life would interfere with their uh, career, and and then they don't want to be a single parent, so. The best thing to do is to slay the child. They can't afford it. They are not are ready for parenting. Well, they just didn't expect it. And on and on go the re- reasons that children were annihil- are annihilated in this very day. And God loves the children. We are children. We grew up, but we are children. And God spared our lives. You know, we need to think about that, that he spared our lives in the generation where children are being aborted, you know. And God forgives that. That's between the person and God. And I don't want to offend anybody with that. But I just want to say that one of our powerful prayers that we pray is that we must pray for the children. We must ask the Lord to preserve our children. That is because God loves them and God wants them and God wants to build them as a servant for the kingdom of God. And it's it's just important. So children have a purpose in God's life. Even when they're little, they have a purpose in their life. Um, we have the missionaries that were in um, one of the countries, I forget right now, but uh, they were going to be killed. And I think I told you this before, that they had slaughtered a whole bunch of people, and then they set this family in the firing line, and there was a little child with them. And so they were ready to shoot them. They were standing in the blood of the former uh, martyrs for the kingdom of God, and and, uh, they shut their eyes and they raised their hands, and they were ready, and all of a sudden they heard a rustling, and they looked, and, and the enemy was gone. And God used that child to preserve them and to get them out of the uh, of the death that was out of the martyrdom that, that was going to happen. You know, and it was just a little child that knew no hardly anything to speak. But while they were in prison, they took them on with them, 
and the child often sit in the midst of them and and they talk to this child and the child would tell them that he loved Jesus. And I think how important that is today because children in our society are overlooked. Parents are parents have to work, both parents have to work. You know, they end up being by themselves or they be be uh, being on TV on the television. TikTok is horrible to our children. The children are learning so many bad things. They know more than I knew till I was 10 years old, you know, because of the filth in our world. And they learn bad language in preschool. You know, so we need to pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Because uh, God wants to preserve them. God cares about them. And, of course, this is the children's day, so I want to talk about that. Jesus looked upon Israel in Deuteronomy 32.10, and he said he found them in a desert land, and he found them in a howling wilderness, and he led them about, and he instructed them, and he kept Israel as the apple of his eye. Well, we're part of Israel. We're, we're grafted into the to the nation of Israel, and the psalmist cried out, and probably, I don't know for sure if it was David or just one of the psalm writers, but he says, keep me as the apple of thine eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wing. And you know that if all we ever do is say, Lord, uh, keep our children as the apple of your eye, Lord, and keep them in the instruction that you give to them, because if there is ever a howling wilderness, it's now. We have a howling wilderness. We have a dry land, a dry season. There's not a lot of things that's going on in, in our world that has a Christian emphasis in it. And so we need to protect the children. So I believe so much that, you know, who are the children when I realize that, you know, I'm still a child of the Lord. I mean, we say we're a child of God, but then when you think, what is a child? You know, what is a child? A child is innocent. A child is dependent. A child needs help. That's where we are, isn't it? We're still the child of God and we still need help and we still need to to have a trust and a hope in him. The Bible says in Mark 9:36. Now this is where Jesus took them up in his arms and he said this to the disciples Mark 9:36. And he took a child and he set him in the midst and when he had took the child in his arms, he said to them, Whosoever shall receive one such child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me uh, receiveth me. And God has received every child that is born, and it's our responsibility to teach that child to know the power of God in his life. No matter how busy Jesus was, he had time for the children and he gave charge to them and I want to I want to encourage my church and God the Lord's church this church I want to encourage you you know speak to the children know their names call them by name tell them your name and be acquainted with them and let them to know that in the house there's love and there's peace and there's no fear you know you can't imagine what children feel today as they grow up and they hear all the circumstances that's around us they hear the negativeness that's in our world they hear that and they also they come to a point where they fear things they're going back to school now and they and school is not the way it was when i went to school and we have teachers in the midst, and they can tell you that things are far worse than it ever was. Is that true? Yes. And so, you know, our children need to be covered by the blood of Jesus. 
It doesn't matter if it's your child or not your child. If you see children in the neighborhood, you know, breathe a prayer for them because they need to be protected by the power of the, of the Lord. So this is where it was in Mark 9 where Jesus told him, whoever receives this child, the child is part of me. And it's so important, no matter how Jesus was busy, you know, because we're busy, church. You know, we have things to do. Even if we're retired, we're busy. We got lists. And we got things that we want to do, but we need to remember the children. Now, in Ephesians 6, 1, this is to the little children. But who know who is the little children? Okay. So he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. I love that. I've always said that to my kids. I love Jesus, so you have to obey me. Obey your parents in the Lord. That means that you you obey the righteousness, the right things that you're taught. You don't obey, you know, if, if you're a young child and they offer you a cigarette you, and they're your parent, you don't take that. You don't drink liquor. You know, parents do that. Parents offer these things, these things to their children sometimes. And, and, and they don't have to receive that. If their parents are leading them astray, but they have to obey the parents that are trusting God and have righteous ways. We need to remember that today, even as we deal with it. So this is for the children. We're children. Obey your parents in the Lord. I'm 83. My mama's gone, but, you know, I'm still obeying her. I'm still loving God. I'm still going to church. I'm still doing the things that she taught me. And I obeyed her to the level that I taught that to my children. You know, and I'm so thankful for Roxanna and Julie because they, you know, my mom was also an instrument in their life. And so they're strong and powerful, you know, and sometimes our children grow astray. But we are God's children and we are to obey our parents in the Lord for this is right. Somebody wants to know what righteousness is. Do the right thing. And, you know, even if your parents are gone and your parents were Christians and your parents taught you some things, I do this to my kids. I do this to Caleb, especially Caleb and Josiah. And I say this to the boys. I say, you know that your parents want you to serve God and you're supposed to obey your parents. You know, we try to uh, sometimes we just go the wrong way. We try to to uh, push them. You know, but I try not to push him. But every time I see them and visit with them, somehow I get God in the conversation before it's over. And Josiah is a born again Christian, but they moved far away from their church. And so they haven't got back into the order of getting to church. So I've been after him. I say, get your children in church. They're they're five and six. They need to be taught the word of God. So we have to we have to still intervene with our children, even though our children are grown. We have to still put a little arrow in there every time we see them. And on Father's Day and special occasions, their birthdays, we have to call them up. We have to be their parent and say, this is your mom calling you to say happy birthday. And I should I want to see you in church on your birthday. You know, just little things. Nothing ugly. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's righteous to obey your parents. And honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment given to in the word of God for promise is that the children, that we children still consider our parents. We honor our parents if they're alive and if they're not. If we didn't have good parents, then we just know that God protected us and kept us and brought us into the kingdom without them. 
But it's important today as we think about it. So verse 3 says that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. I think where we grown-up uh, children go wrong sometimes is when we when we are grown and our parents are grown and we want to kind of, and then our parents start aging and then we want to not listen to them. But we need to always listen because the Word of God says it, they can have long life. I had one of my grandchildren was thrown a fit at their parent. And I said to them, I said, listen, I have something to say to you. And when I talk to them, they're very respectful. And so they shut up and they looked at me and I said, if you don't stop this, they were fighting with their parent. I said, if you don't stop this, you're going to die young. You know, and they were, they just looked at me. They were shocked at what I said. And I said, that's the Bible. That's what God says. God says, if you don't obey your parents, if you don't do what is right, then you're not going to live long. And then they started to cry, and I go, yay, I got them. <laughs> yeah. So I said, Let, pray with me right now that God will forgive you for that. We have to pay attention. You know, children are not being paid attention to very much these days, either too much or not enough. You know, they're just in that, in that place. So the scripture says, and then I want to say this to, to, to the fathers today. I want to follow up with Sunday school lesson today. Verse 3 says, and this is important for you men that are a father. It says, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. And bring them up in the nature, the nurture, and the admonition of the Lord. There is a grave responsibility upon our fathers. And in the Sunday school lesson, you know, Adam became responsible for what happened because God has appointed the man, the fathers to be in leadership and to be the ones that watch over the family and, and have care for them. And, and I say to the mothers, be nice, be obedient, let them do the correction and work with them. Uh, what is so bad is a divided family where the mother says one thing and the father says another, and then they argue in front of the children. You know, while I know I'm talking to seniors here, and most of your children are grown up and teenagers, but these are things that you as a father must teach your children, must teach your 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 sons, and and provoke not the children to wrath. And it's easy to do that when they don't obey you. It's very, very easy when you say, I want you to do this and you don't do it. Clean up your room and you go down there and it's worse, you know, and then then you become angry. We become angry. I do. When my children were little, I get a stool and sit in the middle of the room and say, now do that. Put that there and put this there. And my girls can tell you, Roxy's got the stool, you know, and she says it to Isaac. (laughs) But, you know, we have to guide them. There are children today in our world that's not being guided, not being instructed, not being helped, not being noticed, you know. And this is, I don't know, I'm speaking to seniors who most of us don't have young children, but I'm telling you that it's, it's not too late to talk to them no matter what age they are because we're all children. And so it says, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. And I think that's 
even as a mother, that's easy to do, to get upset because you ask them three times and they didn't do it, you know. But what would happen if they expected you to uh, throw a fit at them or, you know, fuss at them, and you just walked over lovingly and kind and put your hand on their shoulder and say, why didn't you do what I asked you to do? I need you to do that. You know, instead of getting angry and saying, I told you to do that, get down there and do that. I see you nodding at me. I know that that's true. Provoke them not to wrath. Think about that the next time that you get upset and you might want to push them to get upset too. Because you can't win anything by by anger or wrath. And it says bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's never too late. To do that, it's never too late to show your witness of Christ. It's never too late to change and to do to be more righteous in front of our children. Even if our children are grown and buying a house, you know, it's still a father's job to stand up to their son or their daughter and say, "Let me, let me give you some advice about this house. You know, whether you should do it or whether you shouldn't, and not be angry if they don't obey your advice." Um, I think there's a lot of responsibility on the fathers. They have to do the job. They have to prepare the keeping of the family and all of those things. And I want to challenge you fathers to be righteous, to do the right thing, and to work with your children. And even if they're if they're not wayward children, still encourage them and press them in the things of God. And if they're wayward, still stand by them and help them. So uh, Colossians 3, 20 and 21 is yet a second scripture on this nurture. It says, children, obey your parents in things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, let, let, lest they be discouraged. So as fathers, we need to know that, and we need to think on that, and we need to look for the opportunity to encourage them rather than provoke them. And this is a hard thing to do today because our children uh, have harder di- harder things than we had when we were children. You know, we we I had a father that was not was not in the house, but he never made me angry. He always always came when he said he would. He always did what he said he would. And I I wish I would have realized that as a child when he grew up, because all I remember is a bad thing, you know, but there was so many good things. And fathers have grave responsibilities because you need to look after the care of your family. So it speaks to fathers twice regarding this scripture. And it says not to discourage your children. That's hard not to do when they don't when they don't obey you. But the emphasis of the message today is that we are God's children and we need to obey him. We need to hear his voice. We need to be a witness of who he is because there's nothing more powerful or stronger than a man that serves God with all of his heart and that their children can depend upon him. And they might be they might be angry because of it, but God will bless you for it. So consider this the innocence of a child you know when we come to christ he redeems us he sets us free he gives us a new beginning and at that moment in time 
then we can ask him to give us the leadership, moms and dads, to give the leadership. I believe this scripture is just as good for a mom, that we shouldn't provoke our children to wrath. We should encourage them and not discourage them. And we should do the right thing for them, too. But the father is the head. And, you know, so much has been said about that. And there's been so many fusses. I did many, many weddings when I say, okay, what vows do you want? Well, I don't want to obey him. You know, and that's because it hasn't been taught right. That obey him just means to to work with him, to to do this marital thing together, you know, raise your children together, you know, and 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 that, you know, the woman was taken out of the side. She's right there beside him. She's not out of his feet or his head. You know, she's there to be out of his side to work with him. And I don't know why I'm saying this message today to a church that I know that you love God and you understand these things. But sometimes we just have to stop and think that who are the children? We are still the children to God and we are responsible to obey him. How many have heard a nudge in your spirit to do something, you know, and you don't do it? You say, well, I I don't want to do that, you know, but it might be the exact moment that would change the direction of the child's life. So consider this, that a little child depends so much on their father. And that's who we are. We depend upon our father, God. We need to come with innocence into his presence and say, Lord, I know I did this. I know I erred. I know I failed. But thank God that we have a father who will forgive us and who will set us upright and will walk with us. He follows after us. He goes before us. And if we could just look at him as a child and say, God, I need you to do this for me today because I can't do it for myself. But, you know, we like to think that we can do everything on our own. But we need to to, to give that to God and understand that he is our father. And he does have direction for us. And he does have things that he wants us to do. And we need to be as obedient to him as we expect our children to be obedient to us. Children are a gift from God. Whether they, whether you know, instead of aborting them, they should be told, this is a gift from God. You know, and honor this gift because you're going to be responsible for this gift. I don't know how God is going to treat all those things. But uh, we have a, a minister that was taken into heaven and gave, his, gave their story. And they said they was looking over heaven and they saw the angels coming into heaven. And the angels was holding in their hands a small light. And they said to the father, they said, what, what, what is that? And the father says, those are the children that would not they would not let them be born, but they're coming into my kingdom. And I and I've never forgot that because, you know, children that are aborted or children that didn't make it into life because of illness, they're still in eternity. Because life belongs to God and it is every child that is uh, that is born or is been conceived is going to be in eternal life. And that that book was so great, and we met this this person. I don't know if it was a woman or man, but we met them at, at convention when they shared this, and they they were telling us how sacred and how how precious it was to have a light, and yet there's so much desecration of children. So we need to pray about that today, church, and 
We need to look at our own children. If we have children, we need to look at them in a different way. Look at them as a prospect for the kingdom of God, whether they serve God or whether they don't serve God. Never give up on them. Pray for them. I pray salvation every day, morning, noon, and night upon my family. And I believe and trust that if, if they were raised in church, they will not return. That God says, if they, if you raise them right, then you have this promise of God that He will take care of them. If, if you weren't a Christian and you didn't raise them right, that's okay. Just keep covering them with the blood of Jesus because God answers our prayer. Our Father can do impossible things, church. When I was a child, I thought my Father could do anything, bad or good. It didn't matter. You know, but, we need to think about our Father God that way. So as we come to a close, who are the children? We are the offspring of our parents. And we are blessed with life. And we need to pray for those that are not blessed to be given life, that, that, are, that are in eternity. And we thank God that they're there. But we, have, we are missed. And, it, it, you know, this is something that we should talk about in church. The taking of lives of children. And, and church, when you get ready to, to vote for your president, you need to understand, you need to forget that your parents was a, a, a Democrat or a whatever the other is. A Republican. You need to forget that and look at this, look at what their, what, what their, what their program is. Look at what they do. Who do they serve? How do they talk? I'm, I, I'm not saying they can talk Christian and they're probably not Christian. But you've got to look for the light, the things that are of God. You've got to look for their programs. You've got to look for what they stand for and what they're going to do spiritually. Spiritually. They may be going to do good for your country, but maybe they're not going to do good spiritually. This is a life and death situation for our nation, church. And I just say to you that pray before you vote and pray for what is right, what is righteous, that you can see. There might not be much that you can see in either party, but ask God to guide you. What we want to project to our children in this house is divine love. We want to love them. We want to talk to them. We want to notice them. We want to know their name and we want you to tell them your name and next week tell them it again until you, until they can say, hello brother Daniel. <laughs> In our church we had to call them brother and sister. You know, it says sister Jack, brother so and so. I came here and I was still doing it and my people go, why do you say sister or brother? <laughs> I said, well, cause that's who they are, you know, but we kind of got away from that, but we need to t- teach our children the respect. And this can be grown children. This can just be children that you love in the house, you know, that we can take knowledge of. So I want to complo- com- close with this scripture from John 12. John 12, 35 and 36. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye are in the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and hid himself from them. 
So I want to say to the church today, to the children of the church, you know, that walk in light. The light is the word of God. And what is wrong is our nation is in darkness and it needs the light. So we have to show the light. You know, we we need to be a witness of the light. I know you know that. I know you know this, but maybe if you would, in your prayer time, you would just ask God, why did Pastor preach that today? Because I know those things. But why did he preach that? And think again what he said that 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 is important for us, for children. we got to come to him as a child. We can't come to him telling him what to do. We have to come to him asking what he wants us to do. They said, you know, what, do what Jesus would do. Well, yes, that's what we have to do. Come to the Father. Jesus comes to the Father always. He says, whatever I do, I do for the Father. I want to bless the fathers today that's in the house. Father God, we love you. We worship you, Lord. And this is a strange message. But God, we know that the children are the next generation if you tarry. And the enemy is trying to slay them before they can even have life or even receive the call of God. So, Lord, I just want to cover the children with your precious blood today, especially our children in this house and the children that we come in contact with. And, Lord, I want to bless the fathers in the house today. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to not provoke their children to wrath. And I pray that you would help them, O God, to not discourage them, but to encourage them, O God. I pray, Lord, that you would help the fathers, no matter the age of our children, Father God, that we would still give them instruction. We would still point them to Christ, O God. Lord, I pray for all the families of this church. I pray, Lord, for our families, our children that are wayward, O God. I know that you will draw them back to you. I know, Father God, that your promises are true. And I pray, Lord Jesus, this day that you encourage the whole family in this house. And, Father, that we will start to give some insight to the children spiritually. Lord, there's so much on tic-tac and so much on the, on the telly, Father God, that is just not right for our children. Father God, I pray that you would protect them from all the evil that is in our world, O oh God, and keep them for you. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. And we thank you for the power of your word today. And we give you thanks. 